What's good, LL Nation? Welcome in. We had to push the show, today's show back a little bit. Uh, we were trying and hoping that my co-host Malik would get better. Uh, he's come down with a nasty bug within the last, I would say, last 18 hours and uh, tried to fight it, went to the doctor this morning, and uh, he's feeling really, really bad. Sounds like he needs to take a day off, so we're going to give him a day off. I just pushed it back an hour. I did want to talk to you guys about a few things. It might be a shorter show than normal, but one of the things I really wanted to get to, as always, we're featuring and brought to you by Anora Whiskey. Go to AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. I saw your comments about certain things that have been taking place in IG over the last couple of days with a couple of 23 recruits. We'll talk about that. I'll get into something else that was on the IB message board that I thought was very interesting as far as whether or not teams and programs should separately recruit parents outside of the actual athletes. I thought that was a very interesting question. So I'm going to touch on that and I'm going to show you guys something that Mike Bray said recently about recruiting and how the parents impact recruiting and i think a lot of people are starting to feel that way about a few of the recruits that notre dame still has on the board guys like carnell tate possibly and uh, even with dante moore continuing to take visits you know we're starting to see the fan base kind of um, grow impatient and starting to feel like yo these guys need to hurry up and make a decision but I'll say this, you guys have to relax and stop allowing these teenagers to drive your emotions with social media, man. Now, I think uh, Cardinal yesterday, uh, Samuel and Pimba uh, earlier today, Dante Moore went live from Miami a couple hours ago. And when he went live, I just kind of laughed because it was just like, Yo, whatever. So, yeah, relax, man. Let them have their fun. And let them, you know, they're trying to get clicks, trying to get likes. And just let them do them. It's their generation. It's what they do. We keep moving forward. And we look forward to the day that either one of them starts the ball rolling and makes a decision and then others start making decisions, and hopefully those decisions will be choosing to become student-athletes at the University of Notre Dame. All right, so we're going to talk about that. And just an update, you know, we threw the young man that was an Indiana Pacers fan on. Uh, we threw him on the petty train yesterday for how he entreated Yusuf Nurkic, and the story has come out now, the things that he said, and the Indiana Pacers need to step up and ban that young man from the arena, period. Um, and if they don't, and they allow this incident to go without retribution or punishment, things are going to get worse. They're going to get worse. So that's just my two cents, man. I... I don't even want to want to repeat what was said about what was said to Yerkes about the young man, but we knew 
the way he reacted, we knew it had to be something so hideous to make him walk across the court, grab the young man's phone, and discard it. So one thing I want to touch on first is like, yo, what is going to be the toughest game in the 2022 season? The toughest games. So you guys can help me with this and co-host with me today since Malik isn't here. The toughest games. And it's real easy to say, okay, Ohio State, game one, you know, USC, Clemson. But I really started looking at the schedule, and I started to think about, you know what? That's going to be a really tough game. And I have two in particular that I've picked out. And I'm not saying that Notre Dame is in danger of losing the game. I just think the optics of the game are just going to be it. These Shamrock games always end up being like hotly contested games historically. And the game's going to be in Vegas. It's going to be a great trip for Notre Dame fans. I'm not sure if we're, I'm going to be there yet, but it's going. that's going to be a fantastic trip for Notre Dame fans on October the 8th. So Notre Dame will be coming off their bye week, and they'll be going out to Vegas to face BYU. BYU is more, more than likely, when they play a team, they are on average two to three years older than the team they're facing. You know, most of these guys are grown men that have gone on missions. They come back, they've grown matured, and then they're facing 18, 19-year-olds for another team. And physically, sometimes it can be a mismatch. And the job that BYU has done over the last three to four years, they've been a pretty good team, and they've been very good at putting up points. I just don't want Notre Dame to go out there and get into this track meet with BYU. Right, because the defensive side of the ball is normally where BYU tends to struggle. And that was the thing that shocked me. That's the game I wanted to watch when they took on Virginia, leading up to Virginia hosting Notre Dame uh, two weeks pro- two weeks after that. I was very interested in seeing how that game was going to play out. And the fact that Virginia went out there and literally just tried to outscore BYU. And Virginia's defense was below the standard that Bronco Mendenhall had established at Virginia for many years last year, which probably led to his frustration and him being burnt out and the reason why he stepped away from the program ultimately after the season. But even with that, it's just one of those games, historically for Notre Dame, that's hotly contested, goes deep into the third quarter, closer than most people think. And Notre Dame normally comes out with the win. It was like that when they faced Arizona State. Heck, it was like that in Indianapolis when they faced the Purdue team that I think they went in as a 13-and-a-half-point favorite. And, heck, it wasn't until the middle of the fourth quarter where we realized, like, okay, Notre Dame's going to win this game. So, historically, these games have been hotly contested. Maybe the game at Soldier Field against Miami, that was a blowout. and. I think it might have been one more as a blowout, but the other games are really the Syracuse game. I think the Syracuse game where they wore the Yankee pinstripe joints, I think that one was a blowout early as well. And it wasn't expected to be a blowout because that was a pretty good Syracuse team that year. 
But Notre Dame with Jalen Elliott coming out, making big plays, uh, a couple of interceptions, and uh, I think it was a fumble recovery as well. Got Ian Book in the offense off the snide because they struggled a little bit early and then got them in position to score points. And then from there, Notre Dame just took over. So I'm looking at that BYU game. I think that BYU game is going to be really tough. I really do. Now, there's always one September game that's just like, why is this a game? Why is this a game? And I actually think the Cal Bears are going to come into Notre Dame and their defense is going to be able to keep Cal in the game for at least, in half, at least a half. I think it's going to be a tougher game than most people. Now, Cal, unless they find a quarterback, they're not going to put up any points. They're not going to put up any points. But once again, we're talking about September. New quarterbacks. I don't know if this offensive system under Tommy Reese is going to hit his stride probably until October. But you come off the Ohio State game, hopefully that's a win, have a soft opponent in Marshall coming in week two. And then that Cal game, that's that's tricky to me. That, that's really tricky to me. Now, most people will probably think, and I'm cool with that because I can't wait to get to your comments, the next week, I would be cool with anyone picking to be the tricky game in September, and that's the visit to Chapel Hill. Yeah, Josh Downs, the youngsters, they had the skill positions. They gained a year of confidence. They've gotten better. They lose Sam Howell, but they do have talented quarterback. They had a transfer come in and Sebastian Cheeks and that group on defense. They get better, so the defense should be better, and they're able to score points. And I can see that, the, that visit to North Carolina being kind of a worry spot for some fans. But I, I really think, you know, Notre Dame back against the wall going on the road September, I think that's the type of statement they want to make. That's a statement game for Notre Dame and Marcus Freeman. So let me know what you guys think. I'm very interested in seeing uh, – what you guys think? <laughs> I see. It's a lot of funny comments. Thank you for tapping in, Luke Kirkwood. Let me know where you're tapping in from, too, Luke. I think Clemson is going to be a tougher game than Ohio State, to be honest. I mean, the only re. I'm very comfortable playing Clemson if Cabe Klubnik, Klubnik is not ready to play by the time that game rolls around. If he's not the starting quarterback and DJ's the starting quarterback, I just have to see more from DJ to scare me offensively with Clemson. Yeah, that's 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 all I got. That's all I got. And then we have to let these things play out. Let seasons develop. I don't think the Ohio State game scares me. I just think the Ohio State game is really going to show who Notre Dame is. That's it. That's it. I think the Ohio State game is going to propel Notre Dame either to a, a great season or Notre Dame is going to be a 10-win 10 10 win team. 
that lost a, t- a tough game to an elite program like Ohio State. And hopefully, you know, they'll get better, make strides. You'll see the youngsters from the 22 class make an impact. And by the end of the season, they're ready to go into a New Year's Six Bowl or squeak into the playoffs with one loss and show themselves to be a much better program than they show if they do lose against Ohio State. Let's see. Yeah, hit that like button for us, guys. Thank you so much, man. We're man, we're growing. We're really growing. We thank you for allowing us to expand to a network. We have a couple of shows that are probably going to start doing uh, production in the month of April, uh, coming up to the NFL draft, and we're so excited, so excited to be doing and giving you more content. Truman, Truman Dumel. Thank you for the super sticker as always. Thank you for your support, my man. Uh, Ty B, personal reasons. Nothing bad, just sometimes in life you have to take care of some things. You get busy and that was that. So it's nothing to it. Yeah, Demetrius Rex, I saw that Dante. He went live on IG for a second. And uh, it was funny. It was funny. It was absolutely hilarious. So those are my two games. I'm I'm interested. I'll give Malik an opportunity to answer that tomorrow. But that BYU game is just because it's the Shamrock series. And then, you know, that Cal game. Everything else for me, it's always a September game. One of those September games for Notre Dame is always tricky. And it's usually a MAC team that comes into Notre Dame and gives Notre Dame a tougher game than you expect. And that happens to other good teams. Ohio State has had that happen. Michigan has had that happen. Uh, Heck, uh, Oklahoma had Tulane come in and Army. I think the year before that, come in and give them a game. And I believe a directional school went into Tuscaloosa this year early on and actually had the lead on Alabama going to the second quarter. So those September games are tricky, especially if you're you're betting heavy and you're taking big spreads in September, like, yo, be be careful with that because it can come back to bite you. The big spreads are for October when teams start getting on a roll. Those are the games where you start to hit the big spreads for the teams that are really good if you indeed want to go that route. Uh, I hope somebody can get that because I'm not getting up. Sorry, guys, I had to do the show from the office in the city today. Let's see. So, yeah, let's talk about Carnell Tate yesterday. We actually told you guys on the show to go ahead, go, go ahead over to IG and support. He was posting the pictures from his visit. He posted a picture with his mom. That he took in Notre Dame and some other pictures that he took with Chancey Stuckey and by himself. And you know, we've said it on here, you know, and the relationship that I do have with Cardinal. Cardinal loves Notre Dame. He loves Notre Dame. Are there other factors that have come into that have allowed the SEC teams to jump into the fray? 
specifically Tennessee and the commitment of Nico Iamaliva. Yeah. Yeah. And look, as a fan base, we knew that Notre Dame wasn't going to play those games. We knew they weren't going to play those games. So there's really nothing else to say about that. All right. Give me, you guys give me one second. I'll be right back. Yo, I'm back. Sorry. There was no one else here, so I had to go grab that door for the workers to come in. So, yeah, it's, it's, it's very important with that that you support these guys. They're teams that are having fun. They want to receive the love from the fan bases. And the thing with Samuel and Pimpa and the comment from Carnell Tate that he took down with the connection to Dante Moore, it once again, is something that I think a lot of people knew their relationship and knew quite possibly they would be going to the same school and committing to the same program. So, uh, you know, connect the dots. Now, you feel that way, connect the dots. There's already a quarterback that's not Dante at Tennessee. Tennessee is, is offering a big NIL deal to Carnell Tate. Uh, Alabama's basically offering that we're Alabama. And Georgia's doing the same thing. Georgia is offering NIL as well. But if you go to Georgia, the state of Georgia is taking 20% of whatever NIL deal you get off the top. Governor Kemp, as soon as NIL got pushed through, he pushed through that law to take advantage of what was coming. Very smart on his part from a state standpoint. I had to tip my cap. I don't think it's fair, but I tip my cap to Governor Kent. So you start connecting the dots. You know, you know what Dante Moore is. Um, Michigan, pretty much, if you their site has been saying that they are they they feel like they're out of it. Recently, I've seen some tweets saying that Michigan feels like somehow, some way, they're back in it. Michigan State, they got their quarterback. I think they moved on. Fazina, who was supposed to be on campus in the month of March, has kind of pushed his date back. He's still a take for Notre Dame, but you know Notre Dame knows the guy that they want, and that's Dante Moore. So, yo, it's looking good. Notre Dame's in a good spot. That's all I'm saying. You sit back, you understand what you've heard, and you connect the dots. And right now, it's just a waiting game, having fun, kids doing what they do. They love trying on these uniforms. They love posting it on IG. They love having fun. You saw yesterday Brandon Ennis on Twitter mentioned that NIL was kind of a big deal, huh? And then Carnell Tate retweeted that and responded, yep, it sure is. So take it all with a grain of salt. But don't let them play with you like puppets because they are probably on the other end of everything they're posting and everything they're doing and they're laughing and texting 
and enjoying all the responses they're getting from all of the fan bases across the nation. So, uh, Jeff Luke, Sean, I know you talked about the Nurkish incident yesterday, but if what the kid said is true, he is lucky that he didn't get knocked out. I agree, Jeff. I agree. And the Indiana Pacers uh, should react immediately. And the kid should be banned. However long. I don't care if it's a month. Do something. I don't care if it's three games. Do something. Even if you ban his parents and their tickets, do something. Because you, you just can't have that. You can't have that. Um, Royal Fingers, we appreciate you for always being with us day one, tapping in. I'll pass that on to Malik. Uh, Terry Washburn. Yes, very interesting that Will Fuller, of course, will want to once again join Deshaun Watson in Cleveland. Shout out to uh, Will. And Will Chesnick, I agree. Carnell and Dante are like 16 years old or something. Laugh my LMAO. It's kind of the wild the way we talk about these kids and our emotions are at that whim. Yeah, they they know. They know right now on this season, right now, they have programs and their fan bases in the palm of their hands. And with a tweet or a post, they can send people into an uproar. So, man, it's 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 definitely something to uh, sit back and marvel at. It was funny. I just did a story on a, a kid from Michigan today that will probably be coming out. Uh, he's a 24 defensive lineman. Oh, man, well advanced. You watch his tape, well advanced as far as use of his hands, disengaging from blockers, being disruptive in the backfield. And he, I realized he was only 15. Like, I'm watching his film. And I'm like, yo, this is bananas. He's class of 24. He hasn't even turned 16 yet. And he's a really smart kid. And it was just amazing at how advanced he was technically, how technically sound he was as a player. So you're right. You're right. Like, man, we have to realize we're dealing with these 15 and 16-year-olds. And that's just the way to have fun. And, you know, don't get caught up in it. Don't get caught up in this stuff. Just enjoy it for what it is and hope that everything falls your way when they make their decisions. Uh, let's see. Oh, DBZ, no doubt. Definitely somebody's going to get Kofi. For sure. Tom, I see you, Tom. Tom follows us everywhere, man. Thank you, Tom, so much for supporting us. They are all hard. Nothing usually comes easy for the Irish. I hope that trend changes. There are a lot of narratives and trends that Marcus Freeman and this staff are beginning to change, and I hope that that's one of them. Can we eat? Can we please get some easy wins? Man, like other good programs. And just let the you know the three or four tough games a year be that. Like, man, I wouldn't mind having like a tough game 
and getting a W at the horseshoe and then blowing the next three games out in September. That suits me fine. And then going to October against a little bit tougher, um, against tougher competition, and then playing some closer games in October going into November when we're ready to face USC and Clemson. I'm all for that. That would be perfect for me. Going into Clemson and USC undefeated. That's, man, it's a dream season. I see. Let's see. Ryan Feeks, thank you for tapping in. Love your podcast. We appreciate that, Ryan. Are you located in a bomb shelter because the recruiting bombs in Indy's favor are about to drop? <laughs> Actually, if they drop this weekend, I'll be in South Bend, so I might get caught up in it. I'll be there for the pro day on Friday and then for the open practice on Saturday. Come on, Demetrius. I'm not worried about the fighting cane. Madden's coming in week two. That's the last team I'm worried about. Look, man. Dr. Carl Marks, I'm willing to put up whatever money you want to put up. I will guarantee, guarantee right now that Dante Moore is not going to Michigan. I'll guarantee it. Right now, it's not happening. I don't know what else you want to hear. It's not happening. Uh, Lilo Galante, I've always felt good about Impemba. Uh, he was close to committing to Notre Dame, and I think that was reported on Irish Breakdown, uh, back in late 2021 before the coaching change. And then, uh, things have only gotten better. Of course, he's gotten more attention from other programs, specifically in the SEC. Jaden Osbury, I have a bet going. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember, what is the kid's name? Let's see. There's a kid who was down to Notre Dame. Asa Turner. Asa Turner. He was a kid that was down to Notre Dame and Washington. And for the longest, everybody had him crystal ball to Notre Dame. And at the last moment, Jimmy Lake did his thing at Washington and flipped him. Well, not flipped him, but got him to, to uh, go ahead and support. Got him to go ahead and support and commit to Washington. And I had a bet with Brian Driscoll back then. This is like five years ago. I had a bet saying, yo, if they – still ace eternal because this was like somebody that got in on late and i had him projected as a transition to rover linebacker like i never thought he was a safety never thought he was a safety thought he would transition and be like the next drew tranquil because the kid was athletic big big athletic but you could tell just in his hips and his movement he wasn't a safety well of course jimmy lake convinces the kid that he can play safety at Washington. They wouldn't let him change positions and change the linebacker. 
He chooses to go to Washington, and you haven't heard from him since. But that saved me from having to do a backflip if I lost the bet. Similar bet here. A kid like Osbury does not get out of New Orleans. Thankfully, the recruiting boobs have shown up at LSU, which helps us a lot right now. Because if it was the previous LSU staff, I know for sure that Osbury wouldn't be leaving the state of Louisiana. But with that being said, Brian Ryan Roberts over at Irish Breakdown has done a tremendous job establishing a relationship with him. Uh, he wrote a great article, post-visit, that's up on Irish Breakdown. And the one thing that stood out in that article is Osbury talking about the difference between Notre Dame previously under Brian Kelly and Notre Dame now. Not just from outside looking in, but being able to compare his visits. He visited the program where Brian Kelly was in uh, at the helm, and he visited the program with Marcus Freeman and the guys this past weekend. The reaction is amazing. And the quotes that he gave Ryan Roberts leads one to believe that Notre Dame actually has a chance. So now I'm a little worried. I'm a little worried that I'm going to have to do this backflip for Brian Driscoll if Notre Dame does indeed get Osbury out of the state of Louisiana. Like, it's a long bet. It's a long shot. But right now, based upon the conversations he's had with Ryan Roberts over at Irish Breakdown, it could very well happen. It could definitely very well happen. I agree with that. First part and the second part, LSU is not a threat at all. LSU has pretty much taken two quarterbacks already. So, Oh man, Brad Henry. I'm sorry, you. I'm. I don't know what schedule you're looking at, my friend. Uh, um, they're winning three games in September. They're winning three games in October. That's six. That's six games before you get to November. They're beating Navy. They're beating Boston College. So on the low end. Eight is as low as you can go, and that would be a horrific season with eight wins. They're not winning seven games this year. Like, look, however, whatever is making you pessimistic, and USC is not going to be hard unless they get help on the defensive line and offensive line. I don't care how good Caleb Williams is. If you can't protect them, it doesn't make a difference. It just doesn't. You just watch. Watch when USC gets into the Pac-12. Watch how teams like Utah, Stanford, and teams that are physical push them around. Just watch. Watch how they push them around, and then you're going to say to yourself, oh, okay, I see how Notre Dame is going to beat USC, and it won't be a problem. I'm glad you guys said that because this is the funniest thing. If you go follow me at SD2Mikes on Twitter, it's an amazing thing because I retweeted this 
you know, Colin Cowherd is like the biggest Lincoln Riley dude. And he's out there in LA, so he smoothes and kisses the butts of all the big wigs at USC constantly. So he tweeted this an hour ago, and I retweeted it if you follow me at SD2Mikes on Twitter. He says, sources tell me that at Lincoln Riley, first USC practice, today was their first practice. Sources tell me at Lincoln Riley's first USC practice was flawless. One observer noted, some are calling it the greatest practice ever on a college campus. Come on, man. Come on. Really? Really? In shorts? In shorts and t-shirts? That's what we're doing? We're calling the first practice the greatest practice. Come on, man. That's why I don't look until USC shows me anything different. I'm not worried about USC. I'm not worried at all about USC. I'm just not. And that seven wins is way too low. Brad, I don't know why you're so pessimistic, but there's no need to be that pessimistic. Now, Ryan, this, that could be true. That could work both ways as well because USC could get exposed because they don't have anything on the front line on either side of the ball. They could be worn down physically by the time we get to November. They could be a better team by the time we get to November. It's all about how it plays out. It can go both ways. The pendulum can definitely swing both ways. Yeah. Garland, I agree totally. That Ohio State game is definitely definitely a litmus test, without question. Irish Town, I think we will win, but we can't sleep on Syracuse. Their running back, Tucker, is no joke. And they hung with their coach. After a tough season last year, they hung with them. So their team will come back hungry. Everybody gives Notre Dame their best game. Everybody. Yeah, David, you know what? DJ did pass for 475, but that offensive line was a whole lot better. Well, not in that last possession in overtime. They they kind of just gave up the goals with the two sacks they gave up. But the offensive line was better, and which made the running game better, except for that game because they keyed in on my guy nine all night long. The wide receivers were definitely better. So, you know, DJ Counter kind of went the route of, Notre Dame quarterbacks under Brian Kelly, like all this promise, and then the next year, you know, plateau. So we don't know. And he loses both of his offensive coordinators. So this, this is a transition year for DJ as well. So we'll see. We'll let it play out. We'll see how he develops and if he can keep his job, you know, going into October because Cabe Klubnik is a dude. He's a dude. Luis Rescalvo, how you doing, my man? Thank you for tapping in today. Can we get fans back on the field 
and go back to the early 90 uniforms, also make the number three special again, like when the host era, bring real grass back to Notre Dame. Uh, I'm against the real grass. I'm always for performance grass that allows players to be protected from injuries and play on a better surface. It's a better surface to play on. And I'm all about player safety and making the game better. No, I do not want the knee-high grass at Notre Dame like it was back in the day with big chunks flying up throughout the game. And no, I like having a nice feel even when the weather turns cold in November. I think that's only fair. Beast, Daniel, yeah, you going out there for the BYU game? Hopefully we'll get out there with you guys. If not, be safe. Enjoy yourself. Help us get that dub. Yeah, no one thought Toledo was going to be a game. No one. No one. And I want to talk about that because that reminds me of something that I want to let you guys know about and uh, get possible candidates for. Because we know that I think there's one game on Peacock in September. I don't think they've announced which one yet. It might end up being a Marshall game in week two. But with that being said, keep this in mind. There are a lot of moves being made as far as play, as far as play-by-play guys with networks. Fox is losing Joe Buck to ESPN. And from what I'm hearing, Al Michaels is being courted to go over to Fox from NBC, which means Mike Tirico is now going to take over Sunday Night Football. This is what's being reported. So that's going to leave someone that needs to do the Notre Dame game. So my question to you guys, who would you like to be the play-by-play guy? for Notre Dame football in 2022. Who would you like to be the play-by-play guy for Notre Dame football in 2022? Let me know. So pretty good candidates. No, I don't want to see Gus. <laughs> Gus is enough if we have a game on Fox against the Big Ten or the USC, Gus Johnson is enough for me once or twice a year. I like Gus. He's different. I don't know if I could do Gus for seven or eight games. I just don't know. Yeah. Brad, the state of Georgia takes 20% of all NIL deals for athletes in the state off top. Governor Kemp. Passed the law as soon as the NIL deal went through. If that's indeed what you were asking about and referring to that we discussed a little bit earlier. <laughs> Lilo, I see what you said about Kemp. That's funny. Uh, thank you guys for tapping in. Hanging with me today. Let's see. Get back to Costas. 
Okay. Bring Brady Quinn out of the uh, studios for Fox. I don't know. He can do color. He can definitely replace Flutie for me. We can get Flutie up out of there. Make Mike Mayock is free. I actually enjoyed Mike Mayock during this time. Doing uh, color for Notre Dame football. I, I enjoyed Mike Mayock. I did. I think Justin is busy coaching, if I'm not mistaken. Isn't he? I think he's coaching out there in California. Yeah, David Flores. Bring back Mike Mayock. Mike was really good. He was really good. Mayock and Breeze. Okay, somebody has to do play-by-play -play because those are two color guys. Somebody has to replace. Mm, Corey Robinson is the play-by-play. Hmm. I don't know. Another vote for Costas. Okay. <laughs> Barb Albert. That was funny. Oh man, that's funny. Yeah, Brad, I agree to wholeheartedly. I I'm I'm out on Flutie. Like, please, can we get him out of here? Man, Eugene, yes, get him up out of here fast. Another person, Sunset Kid, thank you for tapping in, saying Mike Mayock is good. Mike Patrick, Tom, I agree with you. Mike Patrick is a very solid play-by-play -play guy, very solid. My main man, you want to get a Mar Rashad out of retirement? <laughs> oh man, let's see, Brad. Can you explain how the NI? I assume NIL deals work, say, versus Texas and any and Notre Dame. Um. It's the Wild West. There really are no rules. It's just the way you package it. And it shouldn't have anything to do with the schools. It should be the players having the opportunity to market themselves. Uh, and sell the image and likeness. But unfortunately, the schools have gotten involved. And once that happens... It's just not going to end well for college football. And the NCAA, uh, they're too cowardly right now to step in and actually do the right thing because they're mad that the NIL even exists. They wanted to keep all the money to themselves, and they're mad. So now they just want to take a step back and say, we don't care. Do what you want to do, which is the dumbest thing in the world because if they did it the right way, they still could get their cut and benefit off the backs of young men's blood, sweat, and tears like they've been doing for years. But they just want all, it's like all or nothing for them, the NCAA. So you get reports of schools brokering deals and connecting brands to players and to recruits in recruiting and guaranteeing them a million-dollar deal. Um, 
And this is where social media comes into play. This is where you start to see kids that haven't even played their senior year of high school trying to increase their followers on social media to attract brands, which will increase the opportunity for NILs. I truly believe you shouldn't be, you should be able to market yourself and get whatever NIL deal you can get. But nothing should be connected to a school until you play your first game. Like once you play your first game, now anything connected to that school is open game for you. But the fact that NIL is part of recruiting, it's a sham. It's a sham. And it's just not good. And now you're putting certain things in the minds of 16-year-olds and their parents that have absolute, absolutely nothing to do with the game of football and what's truly best for them on and off the field. It's, it's a sad case. But the SEC is really legalized what they've been doing all along, which is paying, which is paying for players. It's been happening all along. So that's why I love what the Irish player club, the Irish players club represents. The Notre Dame football team has taken the power of their own NILs and turned it into NFTs, began to sell them, and they receive all the profits or the vast majority of the profits from that. And they're players, they're actual players for the university. They're not prospects. They're not somebody that's high on Notre Dame or somebody that's just visited Notre Dame. They're actually lettermen for the University of Notre Dame. And they've chose to go about it that way. There's plenty of opportunities for NIL in various ways. You can go back and watch the episode that we recently have with Brandon Winbush. And he is a co-creator and works with Mogul. That is a company that sets up NIL opportunities with college athletes. And that was a great episode because he talked to us about the opportunity to set up players with NIL opportunities and how he got into how Deion Sanders has changed everything, not just for HBCUs, but also for universities, unlike the top brands, just, you know, universities like, let's say, Tulsa. And a young player at Tulsa has a great advantage now to take advantage of his image and likeness if he's played to a certain level that he didn't have previously. So there's some good, there's some bad, but if the NCAA doesn't step in, it's going to get out of hand. Nick Saban, the day before the national championship game, was very passionate about that and basically begged the NCAA, please come regulate this because if you don't, if you don't, you're not going to be happy with the outcome and how it plays out. Hopefully, the NCAA listens. You know what? He just stepped away from ESPN. Mike Golick Jr. might not be too bad. He's a homer. He's a homer. He's definitely a homer, but he might not, he might not be too bad. He might not. Jamie McNeil, day one, thank you for tapping in. Will we see the end of the Kelly play offense to protect the lead, or will Marcus attack the scoreboard for 60 minutes? Will Indy hang a 70 on someone this year? (laughs) 
70? Oh, if there's any team, it's gotta be the fighting, it's gotta be the fighting Kane Maddens. Oh brother, please. Just to erase the memory of 62 in a Notre Dame uniform. Please hang 70. Please, or at least hang 62 on Marshall when they come in. Please. Because I still can't believe Kane Madden started games at Notre Dame. I still can't believe it. I still can't believe it. Oh, my. Don't even bring up. Oh, man. Thank you, Steve Patron. We appreciate you. Play-by-play, give the Gus Johnson. Like, I like Gus. Gus and Brady will be really good. But Gus, every week, he definitely will have you amped up every week. I'm just wondering if I could, like, take Gus every week. Not every week, but eight games. I don't think it's a massive blow. Notre Dame has the number one recruiting class without NIL. So, you know, at some point, man, it's like you don't, like when you see in high school, you see other people, you know, talking to the girls that you thought were cute. You don't don't try to be like those dudes. Like if you're not an athlete, don't be the athlete. If you're the nerd, be the best nerd. Be the cool, be the best you can be. And that's all Notre Dame has to do. Notre Dame has the best product in his back pocket every time it goes to see a recruit and his parents. Four for 40. Will change your life. There's no package better than that. There's none. And Notre Dame doesn't have to change that at all. They can enhance it. You have the Irish Players Club. It's like, look, we don't have to find anything for you. Your teammates, you have your own company. It's already established. It's called the Irish Players Club. You all make money off your image and likeness. You all broker deals with EA Sports and everyone else. That's you all. We have nothing to do that. We do with that. And that's really the way it should be. The, college, the university should have nothing to do with how these players manage and market themselves to businesses. That's the way it should be. Chad, thank you for the super chat. I agree with you about what NIL is, but it's not that. Keep 100. You don't think Notre Dame taking the high road going to come back and bite us? No. How? Bite us how? Wow, it's way too much talent across this country. No. Bite us how? It is what it is. We've been talking about this for three months, man. Like, stop trying to be like everybody else. It's not happening. Alabama has 18 five stars on the last year's roster. Georgia had 21. Notre Dame would never have 21 and 18 five stars on their roster at one time. It's not happening. So what are we going to do? We're going to complain about that? Are we going to talk about how unfair it is? Or do we find a way 
still to go find difference makers that aren't five stars and maybe get eight to nine five stars on our roster and beat them. We've played competitive games with Georgia, despite the disparity on the roster. We're right there with Georgia, or at least we have been. We've had two games in the fourth quarter, one in Notre Dame, one in between the hedges, where we had an opportunity with the ball at the end of the game to win the game, both times. And we failed. Why? We didn't have the quarterback. That's it. We didn't have the quarterback to get it done. It's as simple as that. Defense played their hearts out both games. Played their hearts out both games. Didn't have the quarterback to get it done in the fourth quarter. That's it. You need a difference maker. Dante Moore, he's a difference maker. Jaden Davis next year, he's a difference maker. Bryce J. Underwood, he's a difference maker. Guess who all had offers from Notre Dame under Marcus Freeman already? All three of those guys. You go get the difference makers. That's it. Some difference makers will want NILs, like Nico Iamaliva, which is why the Notre Dame staff backed off of him in December. Don't worry. Don't come visit. We see what you're about. We see what your crew is about. It's not a fit. Dante Moore, Chris Vizina, they want in. It's the way it is. Some top players are going to play it like that, and other top players, they understand. If I get on the field and I produce, I'll make the money. It's as simple as that. So, no, it's not going to bite any. It's going to bite the teams in the butt that give the money to high school kids, and then the high school kids show up and they suck. Like the million dollars that Quinn Ewers got from Ohio State, and then he transferred. He bounced. Now he's down in Texas, and he still might stink. It goes the pendulum. The pendulum swings both ways. Texas A&M, they're giving money to offensive linemen. They must, what if they bust? What happens? If they get injured, what happens? So no, Notre Dame, in my opinion, in my opinion, is doing the right thing for who they are. If I was an Alabama fan, I probably would feel differently. But for the brand of Notre Dame, they're playing it the right way. Because they can't win doing it the other way. So just be you. Be you. We're trying, man, we've been trying to get Nick Asaf on to really explain it. Hopefully it'll come on. From what we've been told, and Brandon Winbush said he didn't have full knowledge of it because he's with Mogul. I think within the Irish Players Club, there's also representation for them to go out and get their own. But what comes in... I, I, you know what? I don't want to say the wrong numbers. So I'll come back tomorrow because I don't want to give the wrong percentage. I do know it's in the 70s that goes to the team and then the other percentage. What I'll, I'll get the complete breakdown and then get back to you guys possibly tomorrow with it. Because what I don't want to do is give out the wrong information. 
Gone Cricky. That's a name I haven't learned in a heard in a while. Wow. Don Cricky is synonymous with the Orange Bowl. Like you hear Don Cricky's voice and you're thinking Orange Bowl championship. That's Notre Dame, Colorado, Miami, Nebraska. Man, the voice of Don Cricky. You know what, Will? That would be funny. That actually would be funny. Yeah. Marcel Jones, thank you for tapping in. Gus. Yeah, the Tyre, the Chris Tyree, that replay. I listened to it at least, and I might be lowballing you guys at least a hundred times. At least a hundred times. And Gus Johnson does make he makes it. He absolutely makes that kickoff return return every, of course, the efforts of Chris Tyree. But the call just elevates it even the more. Hey, look, I'm not mad at any parent or recruit that's trying to secure the bag. I'm just not. I'm not mad at them. And I think that's, as as college football fans, we have to be fair. It's like, look, if that's what's most important to you, you might not be the right fit at Notre Dame. Chris Ayers, I hope you're right. There's nothing you can show me that is evidence that that is the case, but I hope you're right. I hope you're right because Tommy Reese has definitely given him the challenge. Jason Buckhart, what's good, my dude? Thank you for tapping in. Long time. Jamie McNeil. Tyler is the 2022 wild card. He has the skills to come up big. Let's hope. Hey, his first skill and most important skill is turning around and handing the ball off. That's it. Hand the ball off. Get the snap. Hand the ball off. Let this offensive line and these running backs do what they do and let them put you in position to be successful. That's the best thing he can do. After that, when you get the opportunity to make plays with your legs and your arm, Make the play. No, I am in Chicago. I was in L.A. last week. <laughs> Catch you t-shirts. <laughs> oh, dude. Vince Vaughn in this in doing color would be hilarious. 
<laughs> you know what? Me and Spice, I would never say that we're cool like that, but I've been around Spice, really good dude. Really good. I've actually interviewed Spice before. Yep, before he like blew up, blew up. That's that's a good dude. He's a Penn State dude, though. We got into it about that. Like, come on, man. Oh, fair catch you. Yes, Notre Dame until the, hopefully Brian Mason. That's the first thing he changes. Like, we would no longer be fair catch you. Man, because that used to irritate me, still irritates me to my soul. Ryan, you're right. Orange Bowl has been a house of horrors. Horrors for Notre Dame. Garland, LL Cool J on the iHeart Music Awards getting busy. Thank you for the update, Garland. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, once again, uh, we were going to get in depth today, but Malik is out sick, so we'll do it tomorrow. Uh, we'll get more in depth about how the offense is going to look. And we've already established that this is a very important spring for Tommy Reese. Last year, he had a nice bridge with Jack Cohn coming in as a transfer. He has someone that can lead in the huddle and can lead on the field that had been there, played in tough games in the Big Ten. This year, he's going to have a first-time starter. Face of that offense, leader of that offense, he's challenged Tyler Buckner to take that step and be a leader. They want Tyler Buckner to win the job. All we're saying is, and this is a good thing in my opinion, Tyler's not being given a job. He's not. The people's champ, Drew Pine, is going to make him earn that job. And that bodes well for Tyler Buckner because it's going to push him to be at his very best. And hopefully he ends up being at his very best in the spring and in fall camp and going into the first game against Ohio State in the horseshoe. So we're going to um, talk about that tomorrow, dig a little deeper, talk about what the offense is going to look like. Malik thinks there's going to be more usage of the tight ends. It's not going to be just Michael Mayer because there are other talented tight ends on the roster that can be effective pass catchers. We'll talk about that. But he's going to also talk about how Tommy Reese uses multiple sets and multiple looks with similar plays to really impact uh, the defense that they're facing. And he feels like that's the direction that Tommy's going to go. He doesn't think he's going to veer too far away from who he was as a quarterback and how he views the game hit that like button as always we thank you for everyone subscribing and supporting the lucky lefty podcast uh thank you for jumping in pretty much co-hosting with me tonight it's been a great show and um we love you guys we appreciate you and we'll be back five o'clock p.m central time tomorrow really dig deep on the notre dame offense and how Tommy Reese is going to develop these two first-time quarterbacks and get these uh, wide receivers and running backs, get them the ball in space where they can make things happen. All right? You know what time it is. Petticoat. Petticoat. Petticoat.
It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Now, are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? Petty Junction, teaching every day, pettiest stories of the day. Now, this should have been put on the petty train yesterday, but I want to put every person, I don't know if you guys have seen this video of the Michigan Pro Day that took place on Friday. Defensive end David Ajabo was going through drills and tore his Achilles, and no one came to help aid or assist this young man. They just stood around and went on to the next drill. No one from the Michigan staff came to ask him if he was okay or anything. They just left him rolling around, thriving in pain. Put everybody in Ann Arbor on that petty train. Every last one of them. Are you kidding me? No concern? Even if you thought it was a rolled ankle, a twisted ankle, at least ask the kid if he's okay. No one came into the frame. Absolutely no one. It's tough, man. That's tough. Put him on a petty train. And then, you guys help me out. Because I saw this and I died. Have you ever been on a plane and you sat next to a youngster and the youngster's always staring like, I was flying back from L.A., and so, you know, you put your bag under the seat and I put this bag under the seat, which happened to have some sweets and some chocolate candy that my wife had. So I wake up to this little girl who has gone in the bag because her family was sitting in the front row. They were coming back from spring break. They had the entire row all the way across. It was grandma, grandpa, wife husband, two kids. The little girl kneels down, takes the chocolate out of the bag, and I wake up to see her holding the chocolate in the middle aisle. By this time, now see, here's the dilemma. I'm very careful how I interact with kids because I don't know how the parents are going to react. So she has my chocolate in her hand, and everybody's asleep, but I see the mom walking down the aisle coming from the bathroom. So my thought is I'll wait till the mom gets here, and then we'll settle everything. So the mom walks up, and she looks, and she's like, what is that? And she sees me looking, and she says, is this yours? And I said, yes, it is. And she said, okay, and she took it from the young lady, the little girl, and gave it to me. So it's just, you know, being in close proximity to kids on a plane, man, sometimes it can make things uncomfortable. So I take this, I saw this on Twitter, and it's funny. <laughs> so I don't know whether or not I should put this guy on the petty train. I really don't think I should. But this just tickled me pink. You guys enjoy this. This is about 15 seconds of a guy watching video on the plane and not realizing that the young man, the young infant next to him, is watching what he's watching. Hilarious.
Did you see his entire face change? Like, the, and the man, of course, is totally unaware of the young man. And at first glance, I'm like, yo, bro, you can't be watching that when the youngster's next door. But it's like you're thinking the youngster has his own iPad. He's probably watching SpongeBob or some other cartoon. And it's like, no, he's totally focused on what you're showing him right now. <laughs> That's, see, the Iris says smart kid. <laughs> it's like yo that's bananas it's like yo let's watch that again Mouth wide open. Mouth wide open. Dude has his headphones on. He's totally oblivious to what's going on around him. It's like, and man, dude, it just sucks that sometimes kids are around in close proximity and crazy things happen when you have them around you on a plane. I'm not hating on kids. I just felt like somehow, some way, I had to put dude on the petty train for introducing that young man to. <laughs> That's what's up. He was introduced at a young age. <laughs> now he knows. I hate that his parents probably had to answer some questions after that flight. <laughs> but, yes, his eyes lit up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> the kid's life has been changed. <laughs> oh, dude. Dude was wild, and that young man was more interested in that part. Oh man, look! Oh man, that's pettiest story of the day, man. Look, we'll be back tomorrow, five p.m. Hit that, smash that like button. Featuring and brought to you by Nora Whiskey at norawhiskey.com. It's the premium American whiskey at norawhiskey.com. And as one of our listeners pointed out, and we appreciate you if you are indeed going to drink, make sure that you drink responsibly we appreciate you guys we'll see you tomorrow for another edition of the lucky lefty podcast